0: You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of Luce.
1: When I first met my mother, she couldn't pronounce my name. My father suggested that they rename me. They picked Luce, which means light.
0: If you Googled model student, Luce
1: Edgar's picture would come up on the computer. Given Luce's background, you and Peter must have faced quite a few challenges, the language barrier, the culture shock. I mean, you don't pull a kid out of a war zone and have him turn out like Luce without a lot of help. Which is why this is so difficult. Difficult? Last week, he wrote a paper in which he argued that violence was a necessary cleansing force. (laughs) You, You teach this? I don't. So what? It's just something's going on and I want to be in front of it. She thinks I'm a poster boy, black kid who overcame his tragic past. You really don't like her, do you? Okay, what about a responsibility to tell the truth? What? that's You don't conform to what she wants and suddenly you're the enemy. This woman has some kind of vendetta against Luce. Isn't there a chance that what he wrote went over your head? I can tell the difference between miscommunication and provocation. Like, it are Writing something like that might make someone freaked out. You really think I believe that stuff? I don't know. You threatened your teacher? I didn't. Luce, don't lie to me. I'm not. Luce. It's the truth. What happened with Miss Wilson? There were a lot of rumors. This woman decided to go after him on some witch hunt. My home was vandalized. I'm not gonna ruin some kid's life because you come in here with some hunches. Is my son being accused of a crime? Of here? He's here. Sure wow. as hell is about to be. It's like I only get to be a saint or a monster. Tell me the truth! This woman's just gone through a mental breakdown. What are you doing? He's lying, Dan. Period. Once you know something, you can't unknow it. I wanna know. No matter what. Just goes to show you, you never really know what's going on with people.
0: All right, everyone, you were just listening to the trailer for Loose, and the story is as follows. A liberal-minded couple, Amy and Peter Edgar, are forced to reconsider their image of their adopted son after they discover he has written an extremely disturbing essay for his class at school. The film is starring Naomi Watts, Octavia Spencer, Kelvin Harrison Jr., Norbert Leo Butz, and Tim It is written and directed by Julius Ona, co-written by J.C. Lee. Joining me for this podcast review, I have Casey Lee Clark. Wow. And also joining us as a guest here for the first time ever, we have writer and director Onif White. Onif, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. So before we actually just start here, um, I introduce you as writer and director. Uh, Why don't you tell everyone that's listening right now uh, what content they can find of yours currently at the moment?
1: So I have a short film on Amazon Prime Video called Echoes of the Winter Sunshine, which is about um, uh, uh, homelessness, if if we want to simplify it, but it's a lot more than that. So uh, you
0: can find that again on Amazon Prime Video. And much like the movie Loose, things may look simple, But believe me, they certainly are not. Um, Those that have been listening to the podcast since January, since I came back from Sundance this year, know all too well that still, as of today, August 7th, 2019, we are almost done with the year. Loose still stands as my favorite film of the year so far. I have seen this movie three times, once at Sundance, once again at Tribeca, and then another time just in the lead up to its release most recently from Neon. I adore and love this movie. And I am going to definitely go into detail as to why on this podcast, finally, for those that have been listening about my adoration for this movie for so long. But first, Onif, you're the guest here. I want to hear from you. What did you ultimately think of Loose? No pressure, by the way, since I love it so much.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, I saw you on Twitter saying, you know, uh, this was your favorite movie of the year. And then earlier today, uh, I listened to the podcast with you and the filmmakers. And I was just like, "Okay, no, when I go into this movie, I hope it's not overhyped for me. And I went in there and I was like, wow, this was an exceptional piece of film filmmaking. And it was you can you realize that the, the filmmaker, when he's got this material that he can speak about, he can he just does this phenomenal amazing job. Like, I'm a huge fan of him. Like, just amazing and huge fan.
0: Which is interesting, by the way, because I wasn't such a huge fan of his after I saw The Cloverfield Paradox, which was a huge disappointment to me. I remember watching that Super Bowl Sunday, being all excited. Oh, my God, there's a Cloverfield movie on Netflix. Gotta go watch it. Went out to my room, watched it that evening. Oh, my God, that was awful. Like, why did I stay up for this? (laughs) And so... You know, heading into this at Sundance, I remember thinking, this is the guy that did Cloverfield Paradox. But look at this cast, and it is here at Sundance. Maybe there's something there. Man, maybe because I went in with low expectations, maybe because I saw it completely blind, no trailer, no plot summary, really nothing. I don't know. But this movie just blew me away. And I think that, you know, in terms of this movie in particular, as far as our discussion continues to go here, this is going to be a spoiler-free review because I do think it is very important to set the record straight that those that are listening that, you know, if you haven't seen the movie Loose yet, you should probably go see Loose knowing as little as humanly possible. I think that that is probably the best way to go into this one. Casey, would love to hear from you. What did yeah. you ultimately think of Luz? And did you go in as blindly as humanly possible?
2: <laughs> I tried, No, I tried to. So I saw this back in April. So it, apologies in advance if some of my critiques or memories or whatever are a little fuzzy. I haven't it hasn't come out in Philly since. So that'll be next week. But I saw it at a small um, weekend film festival here in Philly. And I went on your recommendation. And I, again, knew very little. This was before there was a trailer out. All I knew was that that little still image of them sitting in that office and like the little blurb that they had in the festival program. And I think, yeah, going into this film blind is the key. I mean, obviously you can enjoy anything that way, but I think I like allowed the, like myself to slowly discover what the film was saying and what it was about as it was going on and finding out the little details. And I, I love dramas like this and suspenseful films. And so I was so hooked on it. I think that the performances are all incredible particularly kelvin harrison jr and octavia spencer and i think the score is maybe my favorite of the year so far just in how different it is from a lot of scores i hear and how it just has this like heartbeat pumping feeling to it and it has it builds in that tenseness and whatnot and i just yeah i don't know i just i really i walked out of it like you feeling like yes this was great and i feel like i get a lot of movies lately where i just go that was really good yeah so it was nice to get like feel fired up by it. And I recently, when I went and saw The Farewell, they showed the trailer for Loose Beforehand and I like got that feeling back. I was like, oh, right. I was like, I forgot what that movie made me feel like. So it was great.
0: You know, it was interesting because when I saw the film as Sundance, I uh, turned to my friend and I said, man, I haven't had like an adrenaline pump walking out of a movie since Mission Impossible Fallout. <laughs> <laughs> and it's such a weird comparison to make. But when cinema is awesome, It is truly awesome. And this is a movie that is pure cinema. And when I say pure, I mean no bells and whistles, no CGI tricks, nothing really that goes into it uh, from a visual standpoint that's like, whoa, they did this all in one shot or, oh my God, the black and white cinematography. There's like, there's nothing about this that is like a gimmick of any kind whatsoever. It is just a solid screenplay, a solid cast. Solid direction, boom, here's the movie. And it all kind of just comes together to create this experience that it is based on a play. And I think it gives off the same effect one has when they watch live theater. Um, The performances are just absolutely magnetic and chilling. And the writing is extremely thought provoking.
2: Yeah, I feel like you never really fully see where it's going to go. Like, you can't, I don't think you can predict the beats that are going to happen and so like there's a lot of moments that are very shocking solely because it's like it does play out like live theater in that way of like oh what are these people going to say what is going to happen here it's yeah definitely
1: i think that's the trick they did there though it's most it once you take something from a play and you try to transpose it to film you don't do very well, a great example is, and it's Fences, I'm sorry, but
0: Fences uh, Yo, I was thinking the same thing.
1: <laughs> same thing. It doesn't transpose well, but for some reason, they they figure that we know cinema, and this is why I think Julian, I mean, uh, Ona is so great, because he understood the concept of cinema, and he applied it here. Um, you know, uh, there were certain spots, I'm like, okay, they have this camera moving like this in a circle, and, You don't feel everything was form and function coming together to work so well. And you're just like, oh, wow, he married form and function spectacularly. And I was just in and I didn't know that the if I was so entranced in how they did it, that I didn't focus on any of the camera angles as normally as I would, because they were just able to join in with the characters and then use the the form of the camera to just accentuate what those these amazing actors can give you
0: and speaking of amazing actors uh casey you said before kelvin harrison jr as loose in this movie people probably slept on the fact that kelvin harrison jr uh his like his breakout role was really it comes at night in 2017 but this is the movie that's going to make everyone finally go who is this kid <laughs> where did yeah, he come really. from seriously because this performance oh my god He is one of the most fascinating characters I think I have seen in a movie this year, last year, year before. Luce is a character that you can never quite peg down, and that is exactly the entire point of this movie. This movie plays not only with the characters, but the audience's own perception, the audience's own assumptions, the audience's own... um, Uh, What's where I'm looking for here? Um, uh, God, I can't think of the word. The way that we stereotype people and have this preconceived notion of who they are based on either their class, their race, um, and religion, even even though this movie doesn't uh, go into that aspect of it. But what this movie does explore, I think maybe more than anything else, ultimately, is what it means to be an American in 2019. Mm -hmm. And that, I think, is extremely fascinating because, let's face it, in such an incredibly diverse country and in such uh, tumultuous times right now, especially with the way our politics currently are, it's very thought-provoking to really boil down, what does it mean to be an American? What does it mean to be a good citizen? What does it mean to be uh, this, ultimately, just this good son, this good friend, this good leader? Like, who is this person? What defines him as a person? He's got his own idea. Everyone else has their own idea. And the movie doesn't ever, I don't think, ever give us a clear answer. It just presents everything out there. And it leaves it up to us, the audience, to figure it out for ourselves. But can we really? Can we really boil down who a person is? So with watching this, um, I grew
1: up in a space like Luce for a, a certain time period because I'm from Jamaica originally. Oh, so wow. I came here when I was 10. And then I grew up in a, a space similar to how he grew up in. And mm-hmm. so I related to a lot of the things that he was going through and you know how, to, you know, how you're viewed and perceived and all that other stuff as – As a black male in America, you, you know, from coming from another country, you have that. So I felt in a certain way what he was feeling. And I was like, okay, I understand that. I see that. I get that. Uh, The parents were different, of course, but um, yeah, the expectations were uh, had similar things.
0: And I'm just curious to know if if I may ask, uh, do you see yourself as a Jamaican or do you see yourself as an American?
1: Oh well, I'm a veteran, so I can't sit on mic. Uh, yeah, I was U.S. Navy. Um,
0: Thank you. Thank you for your service. Uh, it's kind of weird that when someone says that to me, right? Because
1: I'm like, you know, they paid me for this, right? But no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, I am culturally um, embraced as a Jamaican, and okay. right now I'm writing a story about identity and um, immigration and identity. And so dealing with that has me questioning the perspective of how I want to view myself in this country that doesn't – that has boisterously – there's a demographic that doesn't like me for inherently who I am.
0: Yeah. And as a result, like the character loose and maybe even you felt this yourself. You feel like, you know, you have to work twice as hard almost – To overcome those people's opinions about you, even though they don't actually maybe even know you.
1: You have to work twice as hard and it becomes natural. And so when you face the opposition, the, you know, the first time you're just like it, it strikes you because you're just like, I have you know, I know I've done exceptional here. I know it's extremely exceptional. But and then you can see it on that other person's face. That it's not about the quality of what you present and the work you're doing, but it's just inherently just the nature of yourself.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, yeah, I've I've gone through that step and it, it hurts and bites. And the best thing you can do is just move along and just, you know, I'm lucky I grew up with the parents that I have to just I can just go ahead and just, hey, l- let me go kick this other side of the bucket and see what falls out.
0: yeah. Yeah. You know, you mentioned the parents before. Um, In this movie, Naomi Watts and Tim Roth's uh, characters here are presented as these, you know, white, middle class, not going to say working class, they're middle class. Um, They enjoy their, you know, fancy wine-drinking evenings Mm. uh, together. (laughs) And they look like they're doing pretty well for themselves, all things considered. I would say that the movie also brings into question uh, this very very interesting angle something that I myself have even experienced in my own life where people say that they're liberal and say that they're very accepting of other cultures and identity but given certain examples in life and situations that pop up eh, you know you might want to rethink that a little bit (laughs) you know they don't live up to their promise almost you know And I find it very interesting how when everything is good and everything is dandy and Luce is this role model kid who is completely perfect in every single way, captain of the the debate team, captain of the track team, his friends all like him, his teachers like him, he's going to be going to a great college. The world is this kid's oyster. Life is great, right? I mean, who wouldn't be proud as a parent in that given situation? And then once things start to turn sideways because of Octavia uh, Spencer's character, uh, she plays uh, Luce's teacher in this, Harriet Wilson, once she makes an accusation uh, against Luce and then all of a sudden these ideas start formulating about him and, well, is he exactly who he says he is? Is this really our son? Would our son do something like this? It starts to call into question now, like, the parents' own loyalty, To their son, are we going to stand behind our son and give him the benefit of the doubt against these accusations? I mean, you want to talk about some challenging subject material there. That is it.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And I think something that really struck me when watching it, and this is probably a more simple concept, but like what children hide from their parents and what parents hide from their children. Yeah. And how like both sides like the way they take offense to finding those things out and whatnot, like to, yeah, that, that really struck me a lot in
0: that. And, and I think the reason why that works so well here is because I'm pretty confident that even though we know uh, when the adults are lying, right. Or hiding something from loose. We never know if loose is lying. Mm. Or hiding something from the adults. The audience never knows. And Kelvin Harrison Jr. has to walk this very, very fine line where his performance, admittedly, could almost come off, I think, as not campy, but and, and not silly. That's not the word. But it's almost like it's so manipulative in how it plays with the audience because he'll say something like, you know, Miss Wilson, you you wouldn't expect <laughs> me to ever do anything like that, now would you? And he's playing so innocent that it's like, is he a phony or not? I can't tell. And as an audience, like I, I like throughout this entire movie, I had no idea what this kid's motivations were, and yet that was not a criticism. That was an ingenious, ingenious, uh, brilliant decision on Kelvin Harrison Jr.'s part to play this. So innocent to the point that it was almost unbelievable, but that unbelievably calls into question the doubt, and that's what makes it so riveting.
1: Yeah, um, it's it's crazy because uh, when when you look at it, right, it's part of the, in, the the code switching that you have to deal with, and he does it so well that he when you grips, you look you know I had a woman when I was coming out you know after uh, out of the theater and we got into a conversation that she said, no kid is that good. There's no way some kid could be that good. And and for her, she's just like the mothers, you know, and, and how they're dealing with it. And I'm just like, well, code switching is a thing and people can put it on and wear it and make it work. And Kelvin
0: Harris just made it work. I mean, you guys, I'm sure, I have always had situations in your lives, either when you're a kid or whenever, where you've, you've played the innocent card, 16. right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, everyone does it at one point or another. But what's so interesting here is that we were talking before about, you know, the work ethic, right? He has put in the work to be smart, to be perceived as smart, to also be perceived as a truthful person, an honest person. And so that credibility that he has with so many of the other adult characters in this movie goes a long way. Uh, To, like I said, giving us the doubt, uh, I'm sorry, of of eliminating the doubt of, no, maybe on the surface, like he is telling the truth. Maybe like he is innocent of these accusations that are being thrown at him. And all the way up until, I swear to God, like the second to last, the last, whatever, the last couple of minutes of this movie, I had no idea. I had no idea what the ending to this was going to ultimately end up being.
1: I felt it. I just, uh, I, I can't say. But yeah, when I looked at it, I was just like, I know this guy, I know that guy, (laughs) so I, I know what's going on, and uh, so. But it was just so fun watching him do it that I was just like, wow. Yeah. For me, it was just another thing that just pulled me and gripped me and said, hey, uh, enjoy this movie. And oh, I really enjoyed it.
0: You know, uh, we talked before about Tim Roth and Naomi Watts here. What did you guys think ultimately of their performances? Because I, I I do think that Kelvin Harrison Jr. and Octavia Spencer, who we'll get to in a little bit, are the standouts. But what do you guys think of uh, how Tim Roth and uh, Naomi Watts uh, played their roles here?
2: I thought they were both great, especially Naomi Watts. I think the only... I would sometimes notice Tim Roth's accent come in and out. Yes. There, and it, it would bother me. And I was always just like... Oh. Like, it, and like, it's just like, it's just like one of the like tiny minuscule things that like bothered me in it. I think especially because she is also put like has an accent and like she is like 100% in the character the whole time. So it's like, you know, it can be distracting when some the other person isn't. And also knowing what he sounds like in re- like almost waiting to hear if his accent will slip through and it does mm-hmm. frequently. So, but otherwise I liked their performances besides that.
0: On the first viewing, I thought Tim Roth was easily probably the weakest performance out of everyone. Um, it's also a little bit unfair, too, because the way that character is written yeah. is he's extremely apathetic. It re- almost reminds me of Gabriel Byrne in Hereditary.
2: Honestly, mm. yeah.
0: And I know a lot of people also had similar criticisms in that way because he was just such a, I don't know, kind of like kind of a an, really annoy- an annoying character in that regard. Um And yes, the accent kind of came and went, but I actually think that Tim Roth is responsible maybe for some of the darker humor in this movie on uh, second and third viewings because his reactions to certain moments, there's like one moment in the movie where he literally says, ask your mother. And it's just like, really? (laughs) Mm. Like, really? You're going to play that card right now? Um, And I I have to say, like like, like I said, on uh, repeat viewings, I actually really enjoy his character a lot. But even uh, Norbert Leo Butz, who um, I think is a phenomenal actor, even outside of the stage. I think on screen, he has been great. He doesn't get the credit that he deserves. I actually thought that he was really good in this because... You know, his character is not as big as the other principal actors, but as a supporting uh, actor in this movie, I mean, he has to be stern, but also play the good guy, you know, like, yeah, you know, like, loosen and him, like, are like pals in that sort of way. You know, he's the endorsing principal of the school that wants to see the golden boy do well. And then there are moments in the movie where he's got to kind of like turn it up a little bit and kind of put his foot down. And I think that... Norbit like really sells the drama of that very very well without going over the top. It just it's you know it's it's in service you know to the rest of the story.
2: Yeah, and it felt believable.
0: Exactly. Well, and nesting too outside of Kelvin Harrison Jr.'s performance, like I said, that skirts the fine line between believability. I found everyone else's performances in this to be extremely grounded and very believable.
1: Well, Norbit's performance um, reminded me of. I don't know if you guys remember, was it last year when O.J. was getting out of prison and he had to do his um, his uh, whole sit down, his parole hearing thing. And they had him on Mm -hmm. TV and they've got he's sitting there and you've got the guys asking him questions and they're enamored with him. They're just like asking him questions like, wow, this is like talking to him like this guy wasn't, um, you know, this person murderer or however you want to put it. Right. And. Norbis character reminded me of that with, um, with uh, Luce. Yeah. Where he, he was just enabling in those, in those ways, and he played it so well, and he walked that line so well that it just brought my mind to enablers who do things like that.
0: Yeah. Like, can we all just get back to the way that things were before where we didn't have like all this drama and we can just view this kid as the golden kid that's going to like make yes. our school look great? Can we all just get back to that, please? You know,
1: <laughs> that's what it was. So he he gave me that. And and so that uh, that's another reason why when you when you think about loose, you think about just the, the golden moment. Like, I don't know if you remember OJ running through airports uh, on Hertz commercials, but he had that golden moment look on himself right yeah yeah presentation so um yeah that that spoke volumes to just uh just the storytelling it was the actors here were great even i i don't i didn't hear tim Roth's accent but i thought just like you when he was like asking your mother i thought he was phenomenal in in
0: that parent mother father dynamic he just doesn't want to deal with it (laughs) yeah he really doesn't You know, he tells uh, Naomi Watts, I I wanted a simple life. You wanted to turn everything into a political statement.
1: Yeah, but she was also a doctor, right? So, I mean, she was off trying to get her degree, do all the stuff and become a doctor and then get settled. And then so, you know, she chose, you know, not to do it and um, adopted a kid. That's another angle we could view it as.
0: At least oh, there's so I many different there's so many different perspectives in this. And uh, quite honestly, like what like I was saying before, the writing in this movie, Ooh. I think clearly outlines everybody's backstory extremely well, their point of mm-hmm. views, their beliefs very well that you know, like it it's great to me, Onif, that I, that you said that because that's not even really necessarily like a part of the movie, but you're able to infer it based on other things that are in the movie and you're able to kind of construct like a backstory for that character based on that. Like that's, that's great writing writing, right there. Right?
1: Just having a writing, directing because it's presented visually so you can just uh, feast on it and go, okay, all right, I get what's going on. Mm -hmm. And, Yeah, these guys are great.
0: Um, Two supporting actresses in this movie uh, that I don't think will get the credit that they deserve, uh, along with uh, Octavia Spencer, who I promise we're going to get to in a second here, (laughs) um, is Andrea Bang, who plays uh, Stephanie Kim, who has one of the most devastating monologues I have seen in quite some time uh, that she tells to Naomi Watts in one scene over a Frappuccino, (laughs) which, I mean, like, that that was harrowing as hell. <clears throat> and then um, there is Marcia Stephanie Blake, who plays um, Harriet's sister, Rosemary, Ooh, yeah. who has a very, very small role in this, but extremely impactful. Yeah. And really does a tremendous job to, once again, kind of illustrate Harriet's character and what she is going through and what she is thinking on a daily basis and... I really believe that each one of the performances in this movie complement each other so, so well and feed into um, the characters that the actors themselves have so much then to work with to bring to their performances, which is why the performances are as good as they are. (laughs) Yeah. Like these actors are just feeding off of each other and it is, I'm going to use the term again, it's just riveting to watch when actors are really at the top of their game as they are in this. Uh, yeah, and
1: just know that character. It, it felt like each individual was invested in what was. You've seen movies where people aren't invested. These guys are really wanting to tell this story, and they felt it. And I was like you. Just, I need to watch it again.
0: And everybody gets a moment. Yes. That's the, yeah. that's the other thing. Everyone in the cast gets a moment to shine. Um, but for my money, I think this is the best performance of Octavia Spencer's career. Yeah. And she's been really, really good these last couple of years.
2: I think it's also because it's so different from other things that she's done. And I know she just did Moss, but so, like, we're, we're not going to get into things that are different for her. But, like, especially because I I'd seen this before that came out, um, just to see her not be this, like, comedic side character that I feel like she's been relegated to, even in serious films.
0: Like Hidden Figures, Shape of Water.
2: Yeah, to have her, and even the help to some extent. Like, and she'll have, like, dramatic moments in those films, but, like, you know what I mean. Yeah. And so... It was nice to see her get so much to work with. And even when she would make decisions that I wouldn't agree with, I always felt like I was on her side.
0: Yeah. Or at least saw things from her perspective and could understand. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. I, I think that in terms of how stern she plays this role, how confidently, but those moments of vulnerability with her sister— Um, I I think that it's just such a layered performance from her, the likes of which we, I I think you're right, Casey, we haven't had an opportunity to really see something like that from her. Maybe since, um, I don't know, I hope I'm not like, you know, missing something else here. But uh, I was thinking since since something like Fruitvale Station. Yeah,
2: that's what I was going
0: to say. I think that she is tapping into something here, like all the other actors are. Uh, where she's really, really able to convey exactly who this character is, express what this character's beliefs are extremely well, not just because the screenplay is laying it out in dialogue for her to say, but I can really get the sense that this is Octavia Spencer like actually being uh, an actor as opposed to being... What I like, kind of like what you were alluding to there, Casey, where it almost feels like she's being pigeonholed, or people are telling her, "Hey, can you just do like that thing you did in the Help for this movie? That's why we're hiring you. We want you to do that." You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. It feels like here she's, and admittedly, also in Ma, you're you're right about that. It, it feels like she we're really getting a chance to really see what she can do and reminding people, no, 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 Octavia Spencer is more than just those comic side characters with a few good moments sprinkled out through here and there. She is capable of so much more than that.
1: I think it's because she comes from the um, the demographic and maybe she has a different view, but she comes from the group of individuals that have the ideological arguments between what she's having and what Luce is having. Mm. And so she comes from that and she can feel it and go, hmm, we are... Uh, w- my group is could possibly be wrong, so but I want to present their argument better here. And so I think that's why she's able to bring that out because she is of that demographic.
0: Yeah, yeah. And one of the strokes of genius, I think, with this movie in particular and why it lends itself so well cinematically to some of the uh, dialogue scenes between the characters was the decision to make Luce the captain of the debate team. Mm. hmm because once you write into your story, this character is the captain of the debate team. And your movie is centered around a bunch of debates. <laughs> you see where I'm going with yes. this? <laughs> so when he has like his back and forth scenes with Octavia Spencer, it's electrifying. Because the movie now is provoking a... The audience, as much as it is provoking the characters, it is forcing us to ask questions. Things like, you know, civil liberties, beyond a reasonable doubt, identity, assumption. Uh, There's like a bunch of different things that these characters, these two specific characters, uh, go back and forth on multiple times in this movie as teacher and student and uh, that that it, it's resulted in some of the best dialogue i've heard this year precisely because it is something that's engaging me on such an intellectual level while watching the movie yeah it is there's even some smackdowns in this that oh, yes. when someone like lays the smackdown and like there's just a line of dialogue and like i remember each time i've seen this movie three times i've seen this mm-hmm. there are a couple of times in every screening where the audience just goes <sighs> oh, you know, they have like that kind of reaction to a line of dialogue that one just says to the other where it's just like, mic drop, boom.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it was uh, it was there. I even was I spoke out and go, oh, it, while I was there. And then, and then I was like, shut up, shut up. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> There's also like several scenes and moments and images, I'm trying to be as vague as possible, of just things where I'm surprised how far they went. Like uh-huh. I don't think this movie plays it safe. No, they don't. Like there's several scenes where I was like, "Oh, you went there," in yes. like, various different types of ways. But like, I-, I remember finding that like very startling, and I appreciated it as a viewer. That because I feel like this type of film could have played it safe, and I'm, or like c- could have been something that it wasn't, and I'm glad that it kept surprising me and like. Because especially when it starts of like, oh, we're getting this like, you know, almost teen drama with the parent angle and the teachers like, you know, it could get into, I don't want to say soap opera territory, but like, you know, unnecessary drama when this feels like entirely valid and things feel like real and that feels like tangible.
0: I I know what you mean by that, because I remember there were a couple of times in this where I was really, really worried that the screenplay was going to teeter into over dramatic territory. But I think the thing that uh, Julie Zona and J.C. Lee do very, very well here is they not only constantly ground their screenplay within the realms of reality, that every decision that is made in this movie by all the characters is something that could conceivably happen in real life. It also, uh, because of those decisions, translates into our mind as an audience that... Actual people are really capable of these things. This is actual dialogue back and forth that I feel like I would hear people have pertaining to some of the subject matter that they are discussing. And as a result, it makes it that much more relatable. So when you feel the tension in the movie going up and up and up, That tension is the most intense tension one I think might feel during a movie potentially this year. Why? Because it is potentially something that we could very well even experience in our own lives.
1: Or have experienced in our own.
0: Or have experienced. Very good. Exactly. It's different than the kind of tension you would get in a horror movie where, you know, you're constantly being reminded this is a movie. And, you know... When it, when When is a monster going to chase you down, like, the hallway or something like that? Like, never. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So h- here, though, you know, being called out for something that, granted, you know, is very specific to these characters. Um, but just having your belief system challenged or your credibility challenged, your honesty called into question by somebody else. That's a very scary thing in the moment where if you're like not prepared, and you're being blindsided by that kind of like accusation, I could imagine one's heart beginning to pump and getting scared and being like, whoa, where's this going? What, what, what's happening here? You know, what are we talking about exactly? That, that's a genuinely frightening thing.
1: Which wants me to ask a question. Casey, um, you, you mentioned something earlier, so I wanna ask, who do you, when you view this story, right, from a perspective matter, who do you view as the villain and who do you view as the hero?
0: Ooh, I don't know if it's that black and white.
2: Yeah, I don't know because as I'm watching it, like I kept siding with Octavia Spencer's character and maybe that's because I think of Luce and his friends. I think, oh, they're teenagers. Mm. They don't know what they're saying and what mm, they're doing. Okay, okay. I have more of that mentality of it because I don't, I don't know if I'm ever fully on his parent's side. I don't know if I'm ever fully on his side. But I always felt like at the end of the day, I was always on Harriet's side. But I don't know if there's really a true villain of it. Even if I don't agree with Luce a lot of the time, I also can always kind of see where he's coming from or understand, like we said before, the expectations put upon him and whatnot. So I don't know. I guess, yeah, at the end of the day, I side with Harriet the most.
0: Hmm. When we get to the final scene of the movie with Octavia Spencer... Um, That is where I definitively made a choice to realize, you know what? This uppity, smart-ass kid just thinks he knows everything. Put him in his place, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Put him in his Uh, place because she just has this mentality of, boy, you don't know how the world works. You think you do, but you have no idea, you know? I wanted it. So
1: at first, when I looked at it, right, so... I view it a, a, just a little different than you guys, right? I looked at it and I I thought, and I still see uh, his methods as questionable. Not even just when you look at it, you go, ah. But when I had to think about it on my way home and I was processing it, I was just like, you know, the the moment I opened my door, I was just like, yeah. When I think about the, the generational gap and just what's going on with young people and all these things and being a black person and seeing, the, that past generation doing things and sure, they marched in the streets but, and protested, but that protest hasn't really gotten anything done. It, people are protesting, but yeah. they're still getting shot. Then I looked at what Luce did and, and what happened um, and certain parallels and motifs that they used to symbolize something. I was just like, oh, I kind of side with Luce here.
2: And that's an entirely valid point of view. Like I said, there's never, I don't ever truly think like, oh, he's the worst. Cause I'm like, that's the clever trick of the writing here. I, I feel like there's a valid opinion everywhere. And I think that obviously life experience can. You, know,
1: like, you, have, you like, respect a your parents, story. but you just, when you, and you respect what they had to go through, but then you, you look at the, 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 the end game, you look at the results from what they went through and you just like, Things aren't really that different based on the perspective that you, you guys are really taking. Because we, we still have to fight these battles that we hope y'all won 50 years ago.
0: That, that And that brings up a very interesting uh, point I want to ask here. Um, I'm not one to definitively declare this. Um, I did say earlier that I do think this movie really does explore what it means to be an American in 2019. And what I want to know, Oni, from your perspective... Mm-hmm. Is do you think this movie is the modern day twenty nineteen movie of what it means to be black in America?
1: Um the the so many um uh, intersectionalities between what's black in America that mm-hmm. um it, it's uh it's not definitive, but it's definitive for the experience that Luce is going through, definitive for the um the middle class black uh person that's going through. Mm-hmm. Um and a lot of the experiences are shared between the groups. but um, And I will say this, that they did a great job in pointing out the differences between uh, each group, such as Luce having the privileges of his parents, which allowed him to be the golden boy and, and shine and do all the things, versus Deshaun, Yeah, doesn't have that. And so they did a great job in providing that.
0: If they didn't have that character, I don't know if they could have... Made the argument as well as I think they do in this. Yeah,
1: and so um, there is that, but because uh, those characters aren't throughout aren't just permeated throughout uh, the whole film, as you know, to tell that part of the story in a in a long like loose. Then I would say they tell Luce's story and the um uh, his black experience and a lot of black experiences within the tale of the film, and I love it for it. Like I just. I need more. I have to go. I'm going to see it again with my girlfriend. I told her immediately after
0: I got out, we're going to go see this movie again. Yeah, because this is a movie that even if you know how it ends, um, I think that it's still – it's not so much that it leaves room for interpretation. What it does leave room for is for you to take the maybe the side – Of a character of a different character maybe even try to see things a little bit more from that person's perspective while watching it um ask yourself more questions i don't believe that you can watch this on a first time viewing and ask yourself all of the questions that this movie is presenting i really don't i think there's too many questions
1: (laughs) there are a lot of questions that i ran through on my head with this but i was so enamored with this film like off just watching and sitting up and paying attention that I took in visually everything that possibly, and I just want to go back and more and just absorb it all. And and, and here's, I'm the guy that was in um, Infinity War and Endgame, just bored out of my mind. And so, <laughs> oh, yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> for anybody who likes Infinity War and Endgame, I fell asleep in both of them, and I even watched them twice just to make sure I wasn't being a dick. But, and, and so for me, this film trumps any other film that I've seen all year, except for maybe Us.
2: Um, yeah, I feel the same exact. I same exact too. My top two of the year, I get it. <laughs>
1: right, and so yeah, I was I was in there. So it, it it just I have to go watch it again because it just has that draw you in in the and you mentioned the music earlier, Casey, which was like <gasps> the music was phenomenal. Uh,
2: and this I just looked today. The soundtrack is on Spotify. So nice.
0: Okay, okay. so that's
2: good to know. But yeah, I I will say, like I said, I haven't seen this since middle of April. I think about this movie more than most of the movies I've seen since then. Like just little scenes will come up in my head like like ingrained in my brain.
0: I have not stopped thinking about it. Yeah. I, I, I want to keep watching it over and over and over again because it constantly gives me something to think about every time I've watched it so far. And the discussion around it, too. For the like, My discussions on this movie have been very rare because not many people have seen it, unfortunately. Yeah. But getting the chance to talk about it here today with all of you and with such different perspectives as well, even though we could not really go into spoilers, and I know for some listeners out there, this might have been a very, very frustrating review to get through because we're dancing around everything. I get it. I will just uh, you know say this. Go in with as little expectation, as little backstory, as little as you possibly can. And I mean, to be honest, at this point, I think we kind of ruined that maybe because maybe we've said too much. But <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to assume that everyone listening at this point has seen it. I
1: really want to talk about the spoilers because like, there's so many things that are in the film that there's parallels and motifs and uh, just things that they bring up or even the opening shot of the film. I just want to talk about so much.
0: So I didn't uh, know what the opening shot of the film was when I first saw it. I had no idea it's relevance at all. And uh, then it's not until obviously as the film goes on that you realize what that opening shot means. That's another thing that on a repeat viewing, I was like, oh, man, this film is already rewarding me on a second viewing. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Uh, uh, another thing, too, that's uh, interesting to call out about this film was and I didn't know if it was just because of the fact that I saw it. Um you know, maybe it was projected a certain way or what it was, but I didn't realize until later that this film was actually shot on film. It wasn't shot digitally. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. 35 millimeter film. I thought because
1: they had this skill, because there's so, like Roger Deakins can shoot on a, 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 a Ari Alexa and let it look like film. Mm-hmm. And there's some other things that when you look at it, it just looks digitized. Yeah. On film, it's just like, oh, please give me yeah. more. Because the dynamic ranges.
2: I think I even noticed that when I saw it where I was just... Because maybe I'd seen something else very recently that wasn't. And so just seeing, like, some of the close-ups or, like, some of the dimly lit shots, like, like, I was just like, ooh, I like that.
0: (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. It almost makes it feel classical in a certain way.
2: Yeah, this film feels like something that doesn't... I don't want to say doesn't come out anymore, but, like, kind of like those films of, like, the 90s and 2000s types of dramas...
1: The that I read, that slums? I really
2: like, yeah, yeah,
0: like
1: Revolutionary Road and things
0: like that. Yeah, yeah, or um what's like one that I can think of off the top of my head, like The Sweet Hair After is one, or In the Bedroom, yeah, is another one. Like these intimate, personal dramas. Like I said, with no bells and whistles, just good script, good actors, good yeah, filmmaking
1: good directing because
0: exactly he allowed
1: his characters to to work and go and he saw it there was nothing there's no mess anything wrong with tone and how he was directing them there was none of it it was just everything fits so well and the jigsaw of the film when you run everything back to just working out the plot itself and how everything worked to it was all just amazing There is a jigsaw, by the way, folks, for you guys to run back. Just enjoy it. It's so fun.
0: It's a great, great cinematic experience this year for sure. We're up to the point now where we're going to give our final thoughts on the movie. Great out of 10. Any Oscar potential as well. So, Oneev, do you have anything left to say about Loose that we haven't said already? Uh, Any final thoughts?
1: Wow. Um, Just I had a great experience. And I thank you for recommending it on Twitter and having me on so I can have this experience. So, uh, like I said, it's my favorite film of the year so far, and we're what eight months in. So I'm gonna go with ten out of ten, if I'm gonna put a number on it. I hate to put a number on things, but that's the that's the easiest way to 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 you know explain um
0: but you know how we do things around here <laughs>
1: <laughs> so yeah i'm gonna put that on there and say please just go out and check it out and have this experience that maybe you are not aware of or maybe you've never seen before or maybe you want to know about go enjoy because there's it's not just one character it's multiple characters having this thing and you experience and enjoy and love every every one of them for having this experience and sharing it with you casey
2: yeah i think everything that i've thought has already been said I I can't wait to see it again I think that now having seen it once before and then having this discussion I think I can go into it on a second viewing with so many more ideas and maybe go into it with a different person's perspective and whatnot and I'm yeah I don't know I just it says a lot that I saw it back in April and I've seen a lot of things since and it still is the one where I'm just like yep that's it's that great. Like I don't even have to think about it, but it also is something where little scenes play in my head so much and like just get under my skin and make me really think about them. So on the NVP scale, I give it a nine out of 10. Mm
0: -hmm. I think in terms of an exercise on flexing our muscle for empathy, I think loose is amazing because this movie challenges exactly how we perceive others and how we need to let go of perception and we need to instead learn how to understand others. And so I really, really appreciate everything that this movie attempts to do in getting us to see things from different perspectives and also getting us to empathize with those different perspectives and asking us not to necessarily choose sides, but to simply ask questions and seek to understand And I think then if we can walk away from loose and apply that in our own lives, it'll make the relationships that we have with people a lot more honest, a lot more open, and a lot more meaningful because, let's face it, you never really know what's going on with people's lives. You never really do. It takes a very, very deep level of trust and understanding to be able to unlock that within someone. And I think loose is what you get When you're taking everything at face value, you're not asking questions, kind of just skirting on by, (laughs) and then somebody drops a bombshell and things go completely haywire. Why? Because you're so wrapped up in this idea of somebody, but you actually don't know who that person really is. I think it's a brilliant piece of work. Absolutely brilliant. I think the ensemble is one of the best I've seen this year, if not the best, probably the best. I think it's got two career best performances from Kelvin Harrison Jr. Admittedly, still young in his career, but his best regardless. And Octavia Spencer, who's had a long career, and I think this is her best. Naomi Watts is terrific in this. It's a shame that she's maybe not going to get the recognition I think that she deserves for it, but she is really, really great. And Tim Roth has gotten better for me over time. And as I already highlighted, some of the supporting performances in this are absolutely pitch perfect as well. And they do exactly what they need to do in order to elevate the material beyond and create what we were talking about before, which is that effect that a play can give off where it sends chills down your spine. It can shake you emotionally, intellectually, and really get you to engage with what is going on. It is captivating through and through. I am going to give it a 9 out of 10 no, simply because I have heard some people like say that the film feels overly plotted and theatrical, and like there are some people that do complain that it is maybe not based in that realism I talked about before, and that it feels a little too far-fetched and uh, how it goes with that, and I just think that that is a taste thing, honestly. I really do at that point. You know, if you want your movies to be kind of plotless, and you want to just be like a fly on the wall, and you just want to observe people that are like blank slates, uh, this is not the movie. This is a movie with a lot of projected emotion, and the characters are very theatrical in their performances, Uh, not overly theatrical in only, like you said, with something like Fences, let's say, for example, but... Definitely uh, telegraph performances, regardless, that one could say, oh, they don't really feel based in reality. It's clear that they're all giving performances. I don't know. This is just things that I've heard. I don't necessarily agree with it, but for that reason, I will give it a nine out of 10 and throw caution to win. In my heart, it's a 10 out of 10 movie. <laughs> Oscar potential. Tough one because it's being released in August. Really, really tough to say, too, because uh, I and I don't know why. I remember after I saw it at Sundance, I like begged, 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 begged when I heard that Neon got this. I was like, please give this a fall release, please, for the love of God. And they released it in August. I think it has a chance to get lost in the shuffle if it doesn't have good box office and word of mouth, unfortunately. That's just the reality of how these things go. And while I would love to see it be in things like Best Picture and for Kelvin Harrison Jr. to contend and Naomi Watts and all of these different things, I would love the score to get some recognition. It's gonna, this is the kind of movie that really needs critics groups to rally behind it and get people to go, what was this movie, Loose? Like, what is this? And then people will hopefully then seek it out the more it gets mentioned and brought up when we get to that phase. I don't know, Casey, um, what do we think? Supporting Actress for Octavia Spencer, Adapted Screenplay.
2: Yeah, I have those in there right now. And I think that, I think the big problem with Kelvin Harrison Jr. is going to be category fraud. Oh God, not yeah. Know where to put him. But I will say, I think that this is tailor-made for a Best Actor at Independent Spirits. Yeah. Nomination. Like it feel like, because they, they correct count category fraud frequently. And
0: mm-hmm. it seems
2: like the kind of like smaller film and performance that they would, want to recognize from somebody that's less known so i could see and also because i feel like their nominations always come out earlier than anything else so so maybe that release date could benefit it i don't know but that's the most and yeah maybe some critics groups but at the moment i just have supporting actress and screenplay
0: onif do you want to chime in at all like do you follow the award season yeah i do i don't know if neon has the
1: drive to actually you know because to actually get this nomination situation out there right it's yeah, no, you know, it's it's usually money and ads and all these other things. And I don't know if Neon will actually go that far to get that going. And That's, that's the only thing I would say what would hold it back, because the performances um, are there uh, The and it's worth it. I don't know if this is like in the 90s with Boys in the Hood when that as a small picture and this is bigger than Boys in the Hood as a small picture was able to get that. I guess Columbia push that that whole thing for the narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't I don't think Neon has the but what do I know, right? But I I, I don't think I don't know if Neon has the, the juice for
0: it. I mean, it's tough because like even with Octavia Spencer, I mean clearly I think if you poll a lot of people, I really believe if everybody has seen, you know, her, her entire filmography, I genuinely believe that Luce would be ranked as her best performance probably. And her past three nominations and win have come from Best Picture nominees or winners. So, it's tough. It's tough when you consider also, too, Onif, like you said, like Neon may not necessarily give it the campaign that it deserves. And I'm already getting the sense of that already. Even though I've been like, banging this drum since January. <laughs> like Tony Collette last year, I am not giving up on this.
1: <laughs> yeah, she got so...
0: Uh. I am going to keep up with loose being a contender at the minimum for Octavia Spencer and the screenplay as long as I possibly can, as it's long as I can screenplay. It
1: is. It, it yeah. really, 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 really is. The translation is just, they really went to work on it. Mm hmm. I'm, I'm just, I really, I can't wait to see it again.
0: And Casey, just to be clear, um, like uh, w- what would you say of the two octavia or-, or the screenplay which one would you say has the more likely chance of the two
2: at first i was going to say octavia because i feel like the supporting actress feels kind of eh at the moment but then mm-hmm. i was like it's also pretty easy for a film to get like a lone screenplay nomination mm-hmm. if the screenplay's that good and like that's you know history shown where you see these smaller films get mm-hmm. a nomination but yeah, I don't know, because I feel like, to be fair, like like I said, it, it doesn't come to theaters here until next week, and I live in a major city, so maybe it just needs people to see it. But I feel like, yeah, I wish the the word of mouth was stronger besides just besides just us here banging the drum.
1: Right? But well, is known, and because she's got yeah. those, what, nominations and a win, um, right? That's what you just said? Yep. Yeah, so because she has that, that will help to drive – her um, supporting actress, um, of oh, just known because a lot of the people who uh, you know vote, they don't really. A lot of them will tell you they don't watch the movie. They just, they just, oh look, a ballot, or a name I know, and they just
0: check it and they go. That's so true. That could help. Here, here's another thing that can help. Neon, use my quote, "The best performance of Octavia Spencer's career," and put that everywhere. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> that's so true.
0: And, I highly doubt they're listening.
1: <laughs> hey,
0: you never know. You never do. It's true. Oneev, thank you so much for joining us for this podcast review of Loose. Tell our audience one more time where they can find you on the internet and what you've got going on.
1: Well, I want to say, first of all, thank you for having me on. It was a great experience. It was great meeting you, Casey. Um, yeah. and obviously Matt, So thank you for that. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Black Space Magic. And you can find my work, my film Echoes of a Winter Sunshine on Amazon Prime Video. So just go on there and check it out. And I hope you enjoy it. It's a, a visual feast for you to enjoy. Again, it's about uh, homelessness as a plot, but it's about a lot of other things also that's not as uh, conspicuous in your face. It's it's subtle and aggressive at the same time. So I hope you enjoy it. And let me know if you enjoy it. Hit me, on, hit me up on Twitter and tell me if you liked it. And if you didn't like it, also tell me you didn't
0: like it and tell me why. All right. Thank you, Onif. And Casey, where can I find you on the internet?
2: Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Casey Lee Clark.
0: And you can find me at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to our review of Loose here on the Next Best Picture podcast. You can subscribe to us on SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn Player FM, ACast, Castbox, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Nothing less than five stars is acceptable. <laughs> Write us a comment, let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback, as well as your support, which you can lend over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you can get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time.